so you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up on this with the sermon later, right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. Now, you're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important about going to church. You're going to miss out on community and the support and encouragement that comes along with that. You're going to miss out on inspiring music and charming children and the coffee and cookies after worship. But we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers or perfect preachers. We're just your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday, so whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you will receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we have to say or not. In fact, we encourage you to question, to disagree, to think uh, about what you think. But our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So this Sunday, I preached Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. I know that story. You know that story? Mm. Yeah, it's one of those stories, right? So the lowdown on this story, without reading the whole scripture, is there's a guy who needs laborers. He goes and hires them early in the morning, sends them into the field to work. And early in the morning is like 6 a.m. Right. And then he goes and finds more workers at 9 and at noon and at 3 and at 5 and sends them into the fields to work and tells them that he'll pay them what, what they're out. Mm-hmm. And then the end of the day comes. And he goes out and he has his manager start to pay the workers. And he begins with those who have just been there for like an hour, an hour or two. And he pays them a full day's wage. And he pays everybody a full day's wage. And so the people who at the beginning started at the beginning of the day were thinking they were going to get more, even though they'd previously agreed to a wage. Uh-huh. And then they whine a little bit about that. The owner of the field goes, who are you to, to tell me what to do with my money? Why are you resentful? Because I am generous. Right. Yeah. And Jesus tells this story in what context? What context is it? Um, I forget. Like, I, I didn't do as much background as I normally do. But it's in the context of, of he's, it's this continuing conversation uh-huh. um, around what the kingdom of God is. Yeah. And he's, you know, we've been, we've been working our way through Matthew. So it's, it's in that same vein of like, Jesus is trying to, to upend um, people's conventional thinking about uh-huh. who God is so that they can fully see right. the kingdom of God. And this is one of those stories that like, y- you hear it interpreted in a lot of ways. Yep. So at, uh, at my church on Sunday, I wasn't preaching. Uh, one of our candidates for ministry, uh, thing about going into professional ministry was preaching and he did a great job. And he made some of those connections for people that, you know, we sort of might skim over. Like he talked about, you know, those people who stand out on Galetti Way over mm-hmm. by the DMV and wait to be picked up to work for a day. And, you know, how often their expectations are upturned when they think that they've agreed to work for a day and the people who've hired them maybe cheat them out of some of their salary. And so yeah. that there's this distrust between the, the laborers and the workers. And Ooh. he talked about, you know, the ways that we try to impose our standards on mm-hmm. what is fair on God yeah. and that God does not often take those standards well. Yeah. So I began my sermon with um, talking about my inner five-year-old 
who every time my inner five-year-old hears this scripture, she just wants to stomp her feet and wave her hands and yell, it's not fair. Uh Right. Um, And then, you know, but then we have, then I, then I calm my inner five-year-old and realize that fair and I, and I accentuating fair, like it's not fair. Yeah. Right does not always equal justice. And then, you know, and it causes me to reflect on all the times that I have experienced justice or grace or mercy when fair might have been all that I could have expected. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have enjoyed that fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have enjoyed the, the way that that fell down. Yeah, sort of the difference between equity and equality. Right. Right. Everybody treated the same versus everybody treated with what they need, what yeah. actually helps move the situation forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so then I talked a little bit about a a way of understanding parables as a mirror Mm -hmm. that that's sort of like the, like Jesus is holding up this mirror and saying, is this who you really are? Is this how this really works? Where are you in this story? Where are you in this story? And I talked about how there are lots of different mirrors in our lives, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's that mirror in our house that we look the best in. Yes. And there's a fun house mirror that makes us look totally weird and wonky. Uh huh. And that there's, uh, we have mirrors that will show us a part of our face really, really magnified. Uh-huh. My and, favorite are the kids I see in church every once in a while, mm-hmm. like using their phones as mirrors oh, yeah, to like yeah. fix their makeup or whatever, to I use have, the reverse camera on their phones. I hadn't even thought about that. There's also mirrors like the ones on your rear view mirror that say things are closer, closer than, than they, they appear. appear. Mm-hmm. And also I reminded people about those, those circle uh, round ones that you find in stores and in blind corners uh-huh. that help you see around the corner. Yeah, but right. that you shouldn't normally be able to see around the corner. Right. I was just thinking of the movie Clueless, which mm-hmm. is based on Jane Austen's Emma. Uh-huh. And the main character uh, is Cher and played by Alicia Silverstone and has this amazing closet. Oh, yes. Her and computerized so she, closet. She's a computerized closet. And so she can like decide what her outfit's going to be. And then it moves like those machines at the dry cleaners that move clothes yes, around. Yes, yes, yes. And it lines up the clothes that she wants and she pulls them out. But then she doesn't look in the mirror. She has somebody take a Polaroid because right. she says mirrors lie. <laughs> and so she always takes a Polaroid picture of her outfit, like wearing her outfit so that she can see what it really it looks, looks like, like because mirrors lie so so yes where are we in the mirror where what are we looking at in the mirror are we looking at the full thing and so it's really easy sometimes to put our, our ourselves in the story as the laborers that have been at work all day mm-hmm. and we could we have we could have great conversations about whether that's privilege or not or yeah or all those things right yeah but, or our, our own entitlement and our entitlement but are we the first in the field are we the last in the field could we be the manager the one who has to who, has to pay even though it pay, wasn't his orders right or maybe we're we're the owners uh-huh. what does it say that the owners kept going uh-huh. the owner kept going to find more to do this work and and there's there's always a silent character in the story and that's the passerby or the observer Mm-hmm. Right, who who watches this unfold, and what does that speak to your life about? You know, if if you were seeing that happening, what it what would what would be the message you needed to carry from that? When recognizing the different kinds of people that are in the field, like Sasaya made the point that the people who are hired at the end of the day are not the best workers. Like when you go out first thing in the morning, you've got your choice of right. any of the work. You can pick the strong ones, you can pick the young ones, the ones that you right. think have energy, and by the time you get to the end of the day. You know, they're probably older. He said some of them might have been disabled. Some of yeah. them might have had some, you know, some yeah. behavioral issues. issues. But They've been causing fights all day. That those guys are also 
invited to come work in the field. Yeah. And so what does that, you know, what does that mean for us? And so depending on if you are the person yeah. that sees yourself as the first one hired or the last one hired or somewhere in the middle, like that, yeah. that changes too. So one of the things I came across this week in my prep for the sermon was a list of 10 ways to think about this Ooh. passage. Um, and it was done by the guy who does Unfolding Light. Steve Garnis Holmes. Steve Garnis Holmes. I will post a link. Post a link. Because I thought it was really inspiring to me. And so um, so here here are some of those things. And I didn't tell my folks that there were 10 of them. I just like... Started explaining. Started explaining them, right? But okay. You know, maybe what you, what you need to hear in the scripture today is gratitude. Uh-huh. That God pours grace upon us sufficient to our needs. Yeah. And that especially when we haven't earned it... And when we don't deserve it, or maybe you hear encouragement in this parable because you have whatever you have to contribute to the building of the kingdom of God is valuable and God appreciates your labor. You came, you were there, you are rewarded. Perhaps you pick up a little bit of wisdom from this situation because you stop looking at, at others and comparing yourself to them, that it's, it's your role who mm-hmm. you are. Um, my children's sermon was, I had a recipe for chocolate chip cookies and some measuring cups. And I said, what happens if we only put this much sugar in and we put all this flour in, you know, things need to be in the right perspective sometimes. Uh-huh. And sometimes you have the gift that makes that happen. So stop comparing yourself to others, right? Mm-hmm. Gain some wisdom perhaps, or maybe, maybe this parable points out to you places and thoughts you need to confess to. Mm that you need to own up to, to be notice about yourself. For instance, how we want for ourselves what we don't want for others. Mm. And this is where I said, you know, is this an immigration story? Yeah. Right? Is this like our family came when, at the right time and you're you're trying to get here at the wrong time? The wrong time. Do you, I mean, because this could be that too, right? Um, do you yeah. see in the mirror of this parable maybe a glimpse of your true self? Becoming more self-aware. Do you see the the, the way you're wrapped up, perhaps, in, in trying to be superior? Yeah, the, the first time I heard it preached, not in a, sort of the standardish yeah. way, was by Matt Smith at the table UMC. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is a story about a bunch of people standing around in a circle and realizing that something isn't fair, mm-hmm. but being able to take a hard look at what had happened. Mm-hmm. And are we able to do that? Yeah. Are we able to stand around and say, this is not just Right. So, and the, mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, if we're, if we can't see the justice in another, for another, if we can't. For another, exactly. If we think that we are entitled to, you right. know, if you, especially if you put yourself in the person who is hired at three or five, right? Like we think that we've obviously earned everything that we've gotten, but maybe we haven't actually been working as hard or as long as other people and we yeah. need to lift those folks up. Yeah. Both, it can be, uh, in either end, works, there can be yeah, entitlement. Both ways. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you see in this parable what justice looks like. It doesn't look like what we sometimes think justice looks like. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Everybody getting what they deserve. Right. It's it's that nobody needs less than what they need. Mm-hmm. The, the, the workers at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day are still going to have to find food to eat. And we're not talking about people who are earning millions. We are not talking about executives. Yeah. A denarius is not that much money. We right. just talked about the wicked servant a right. little while ago. About the money, 25 right? 25 denarius was not that much money. money or right. 10 denarius or whatever. Justice still looks like people actually being able to eat in the world. Right. Maybe this is a parable about God's freedom. It's like Job. Where were you? Uh-huh. Where were you when I formed the stars? Where were you when I formed this planet? And God responds with the best sarcasm in scripture. Right. 
Yeah. yeah right? So the, the, the realization that God does not work on our rules uh-huh. and does not fit into our box, perhaps does not see justice or fairness in the way that we see justice and fairness, and that perhaps we should let God do God's thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> God is. I am. Uh-huh. Says God. I am. God is God. And our whining has no effect. Right. Yeah. God, <laughs> God does not capitulate to... The wine. God does not negotiate with terrorists. Right. God does, right. Not, does not capitulate to our, you know, churlish behaviors and attitudes. Right. Or maybe maybe what you hear in this past, in this parable is that you need to be present to what's in front of you instead of being um, focusing on what you don't have. Right. Right. Like, can you find contentment? Can you find peace? Can you find um, joy? Uh and, and, and that, that oftentimes one of those contentment stealers and joy stealers is thinking, I deserve what I don't have. Mm-hmm. And that we get to choose. We get to choose that place. And we don't always... Choose well. Choose well. This could just be a humility thing, right? Uh-huh. This could... Um, uh, know we, your role. Know your role, right? Like, like this, this could really just be about humility. My inner five-year-old who says, this is not fair. Your inner five-year-old is not in charge of the world. Right, right. When we forget those times that we have been given more than we've earned and what happens when we imagine ourselves in different places in this story. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's nine different ways. What's the tenth one? The tenth one is wonder. What the heck? What the heck? <laughs> right? But but it's wonder, like the idea that 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 all of the things we've just talked about are contained in those 16 verses. Yeah, in one story. In one story. And that this passage of scripture speaks to us again and again and again and again, right? Mm -hmm. Perhaps you have always heard it as, you know, the salvation story, Mm -hmm. right? Like those who come to the, those who come to the, you know, come from birth to, to, to be Christians and those who come as deathbed confessions all uh-huh. receive the same payout, right? Right. And we go, oh, that's not, you know. Um, perhaps that's the only way you've ever heard this passage. But today you can hear it in so many other different ways. Mm-hmm. And you can hear Sasaya's reminders yeah. that this is not a far away yeah, not much has changed in not, 2,000 years. Not much has changed in 2,000 years, right? But the awe of, and wonder of knowing that God is still speaking, even through a story that hasn't been revised. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not like you got the new edition of the Bible and something different was in there. Yeah, exactly. What we have is this awe and wonder that, that God is speaking through Jesus even 2,000 years later. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's important to note this mirror that Jesus is holding up. Mm-hmm. Like, does not reflect other people to us. Right. It, it is us. It reflects us. And so, like, when we come to these kinds of stories, it can be interpreted in so many ways. Right. Like, one of the first things we realize is this is for me to do work on myself mm-hmm. and not for me to tell other people what they should be doing. Like, this is this is about self-reflection rather right. than about, right. you know... Uh, projection and, and, and you know and, and like a, you know talking about those different kinds of mirrors there's different kinds of work that needs to be done mm-hmm. like there's there's the work of saying i'm i'm trying to look around the corner on my own schedule not god's schedule mm-hmm. you know i'm trying to see what comes next so i can plan you know or i'm letting that funhouse mirror image of myself be the one i think is true oh yeah right versus seeing me as i true seeing myself as god sees me Right. Which is my true self. 
And so there's just lots of ways to be thinking about that as you put those two things together, as we hold up the mirror of the story and then try and walk around it. Very cool. Yeah. Leaves us ready for October. Oh, October is coming. Mm-hmm. I spent this weekend with the women's uh, women's retreat from my yeah. own church. I do retreats occasionally and have done several for other churches this year, but this is the one that I did for my own church, and it was interesting how that changes. Yeah, when you know um, everybody in the room. Well, and, and you know the context. Absolutely, and but recognizing that the things that we talked about were things that they had heard me all they'd heard me say before. Right, it was nothing new for them. But there was still something new to be gotten out of it. And Mm -hmm. in fact, there was so much new to be gotten out of it that sometimes, you know, you're trying to get groups to engage in discussion and it can be like pulling teeth. And with this crowd, man, they just went and they did not stick to my time constraints by any means. And so like it ended up taking, you know, taking more time than it had taken with other groups, which means that you do some things and not other things. And right. that changes because yeah, it's not like a day gets longer it's just because you're taking longer. Exactly. And so it just it just sort of changes what people get out of it, because yeah. there's, you know, if you have this part of the story and not this other part of the story, then you, the things that you hear are different. You know? Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of fascinating. Well, and even how that you can hear something different in something, even if you've been working on that thing, mm-hmm. right? Because I know what the topic was and I you know sometimes, you know, you get started down that path and then something intersects with what you're already working on. And so you hear it in a different way. You hear it in a different way. Or you, or something changes and you have to rethink how all the thinking that you've done before mm-hmm. to try and fit this new context. And so that's, that's always important too. Yeah. So, I mean, this is why we have a lectionary that repeats mm-hmm. uh, because we recognize that we will continually hear new things and the context will bring out new sides of the stories for us. And that's, yeah. that's and, good, too. You know, we, we have the experience of walking with people through stuff. And sometimes we, you know, it changes how we, you know, we go and read an old sermon and we're like, oh. I would not preach that today. Right. That doesn't mean that it was wrong for then. This but, means that it doesn't fit now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. That's well, why that's why the joke about pastors just recycling every three years really isn't true. <laughs> yeah. Mean, for most for for those of us who take it seriously. For those of us who take it seriously. Well, yeah. that's that's absolutely true. Yeah. Well, thank you, Susan, and thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topic we've been discussing today, shoot us an email. We are at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, search for Sunday Morning Sleep In. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, all the different platforms, or at sundaymorningsleepin.com. The scripture for this podcast is Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. And the theme music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And my benediction, the good word at the end of a, of a message, at the end of a service, is that Um, today is that you should go forth and look in the mirror. Figure out what God is saying to you today and how God is holding up that mirror for you to become your true self. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.